This is Sunday night Bible study here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Unionist Church with our CE director bringing the message Thomas Believes on this Wednesday, February the 1st of 2023. Good evening and welcome to our Bible study tonight. We're so glad you can be with us and uh, I'm looking forward again to uh, concluding John and moving on to Acts. But uh, I don't want to send a wrong message when I say that. I, I thought about how much I've learned and how God has taught me so much while I've been studying John. And, and as you know, I've uh, quite honestly been studying Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all at the same time and following each one of them as, and using some of that in my Bible study. And uh, quite honestly, all four of those disciples have taught me a lot and uh, you know, helped me understand that even though we all are different in many, many ways, they all had the same understanding of who Jesus Christ was. And I, they may have looked at it a little different and said it a little different, but uh, the meaning was all the same. But before we get into our Bible study tonight, and, and I've titled tonight's um, um, lesson, uh, Thomas Believes. Uh, you, if you've been reading ahead and reading conclusion of chapter 20 and moving into 21, uh, as and I'm gonna really try hard. This is it, it was a challenge for me to conclude in two lessons. In other words, try to finish tonight and next week a whole chapter plus a few verses. As you know, I've been after I go through several verses, I just have things on my heart to share with you. But uh, God has helped me. It's not that I'm trying to rush it or anything, but I'm I really believe that the way these four Matthew, Mark, and Luke conclude their scriptures, I'm going to try to tie it in for you over the next two lessons and the beginning of Acts. It really just continues in the Acts, the Acts of the church, the Acts of the apostles. So uh, we will um, uh, talk about that. And at the end, I'll give you the name of the book that uh, I would recommend. You can find it on Amazon. Uh, it is a uh, great book and it's really helped me a lot in um, it was recommended to me, as I think I mentioned to y'all previously, uh, by Dr. Dan Woods, which is one of the professors up at the college uh, for the Pentecostal Free Will Baptist. And uh, I'm sorry, Pentecostal uh, Holiness, uh, uh, International Pentecostal Holiness, the denomination we're with. So, uh, and, I, and I've learned to uh, love him and, and disrespect him a lot. And you may remember he even came here one time and preached for us. But... Uh, I've enjoyed that. But before we get into it, uh, our lesson tonight, let's, uh, I tell you, I, I've, I've um, got a lot of, uh, a heavy heart. I've got a heavy heart with uh, all the things going on right now. Um, Brother Bill, I had a blessed opportunity, me and Laurie, to go spend some time with Bill and uh, Miss Ruth. Uh, we were up in the area and told them we were coming. And Brother Bill is... Uh, um, needing our prayers, I, I guess is the best way to sum that up. Uh, Brother Bill's needing our, our prayers. He still is encouraging and he strengthens me and has always been just encouragement, encouragement to me. And I look at what he's going through and I just thank God uh, for Brother Bill. And, uh, and um, I, I want you to pray with me that God bless him and touch him. Also, Sister Pauline Mars um, had an opportunity, me and Laurie, to spend some time with her um, yesterday or the day before and Sister Pauline needs our prayers also. She's in serious uh, condition right now and uh, God is the only um, thing that she needs. 
She, he, God is the only thing she needs. And uh, Brother Danny Pittman uh, went through his surgery this morning, continued to pray for him. He's at home, and they did were able to remove the, um, the, the thing in his throat, and uh, they're sending it off to check it out and all that good stuff. But Danny's doing well at home. Uh, Sister Kay Hatcher has surgery tomorrow morning, so let's keep Sister Kay in mind. Uh, uh, Brother Norman Brazel came to our uh, deacons meeting Monday night. His arm is, hand is, his arm is in a cast. His hand's really swollen. Um, he's still in some pain, but he's doing better. He's doing better. But also remember Sister Josephine Brazel. Remember her in our prayers also. Um, Brian and Tammy Vaughn uh, texted me tonight. They had a young couple that's now been here three, four, five months. They sit on the back side over here. They have a young daughter and son. That young daughter, Catherine, is sick and they're not able to be here tonight. Um, and let's pray for her. Uh, Jenny's got a surgery coming up on her foot. Uh, Melissa's got surgery coming up. Let's pray for her. And also uh, Sister Pam let us know, and I put it on the phone tree last uh, two nights ago, I believe it was, that um, her cousin's wife, uh, Amanda Daly, has found out she's got cancer and uh, she needs to go through the treatments for that. So let's, let's stand. I know you have uh, things on your heart, people on your heart. Would you signify that by lifting your hands tonight as we go to the Lord in prayer? We know we serve a great and mighty, mighty, mighty God that can take care of these uh, all these sicknesses, all these things, and all the needs in every family. Would you pray with me tonight? Father, thank you, dear Father. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you for the opportunity to be together, Lord, tonight, to fellowship together, to study your word together, Lord. And we are our hearts are burdened, Lord, with all these folks that we love dearly, dear Lord, all our brothers and sisters and families that are in need, Lord. We know that you love them, dear Father. Hallelujah. We know that you care for them. And Lord, we know that you care for us, Lord. We give them to you tonight, Lord. Bless them in a mighty way. Touch them, dear Jesus. Let your will be done in each one of them's life, dear Father. Thank you for your many blessings. Thank you for this opportunity to teach your word tonight, Lord. Be with me, dear Father, as I present your word the way you would have it presented, Lord. Touch all that is here. Touch our families. Bless our families, Lord. Touch our leadership, Lord. Touch our pastor, Lord. He's back with our young people tonight, presenting, presenting to them his vision for the future and showing his love for them and his support for them, Lord. Be with our pastor and all the young people tonight also. And Lord, that everything we do is in your will and your way. In thy name we pray. Amen and amen. Um, you may be seated. I want to um, start out by doing a little bit of a review. Um, you know, it's been a couple of weeks since I've uh, been uh, up here. Uh, and uh, we're uh, at a point in John's writings in chapter 20, uh, talking about the resurrection of our Jesus Christ. And uh, he first, that morning, uh, first thing, he met with Mary. And Mary you know, was blessed because she loved God so much. She loved Jesus with all her heart and soul. And uh, it honored her. He honored her and, and met her first. And she went and told the disciples. And then 
I talked to you about the next uh, event that we find out about is in Luke where uh, Peter and some friends of his was uh, on the road to Emmaus to going to Jerusalem and Jesus walked with them. That's a seven-mile journey, as I mentioned last time. And, uh, and then the third thing that uh, we learned is that Jesus appeared before the disciples in the upper room. Uh, lock room, I think, is the word that uh, John used. It was in the lock room where Jesus just appeared through the walls, and they were amazed, and Jesus uh, uh, comforted them. So let's go back and review some of that. Uh, it kind of sets the stage for where we're at tonight and starting to conclude what John wants us to know. Um, uh, so let's go back and talk about uh, uh, one of the things that stuck in my mind, that still sticks in my mind, and that just uh, energized me in many ways. Uh, uh, you know, Peter found out that night at dinner uh, when he was in Jerusalem after he had walked with Jesus that day that... Uh, who is sitting at the table was with Jesus. And as soon as Jesus left, he was so excited, so excited to know that his Savior had risen and that he, he, Jesus did exactly what he said. And I think about that excitement that he had and what I said last time was that excitement got me excited about wanting to go tell someone. Well, that's what they did. They turned around and walked that seven miles again back to tell the disciples about Jesus. They, he was excited. Peter was excited. So they were in a hurry to go tell somebody. And I mentioned that we can have that same kind of excitement, that same kind of you know, uh, peace as they had and going back and telling. If we just believe and trust in him and go tell somebody. Well, that night, that evening, um, Peter had made it back. And the disciples were in a locked room and Jesus appeared to them. And the scriptures tell us that Jesus said, peace be with you. And I mentioned the word peace there. And uh, he showed them the hands, his hands. He showed them the evidence who he was. Well, that was the peace they got. He knowing that it really was their Lord and Savior. Mark said in uh, his writing, chapter 16, verse 14, their emotions was basically, in my words, like a roller coaster. They were one minute full of joy. They were very excited. And then the next minute, they let the flesh take over and they started having doubts. They started having doubts, some of them. Uh, and, and, and that just, I thought, I thought about what we do. We do the same thing. We, we let our joy and peace get away from us because we start doubting. We don't have the faith in what in the evidence that Jesus presents to us every day, uh, every day that we live. Mark, uh, um, Mark also tells us in that same chapter that Jesus rebu rebuked their unbelief. In other words, he said to them, you know, in fact, he called it heart heartedness. That's what he said. So when he's saying, don't let your heart be heart and not listen and see and feel the evidence and know the evidence. It's right in front of you. And yet you still are hard. So he called it hard heartedness. And we talked about, I talked about that last night. So he's saying to the disciples, don't let your heart be hard. He's saying the same thing with us. We can get a peace. Peace can be with us if we'll open up our hearts. Um, and then in verse 21 again, Jesus said, peace be with you. And this was a piece of redemption this time. And what that, what that means to me is he uh, was confirming to them that he's back. 
just as God's plan said he would be. The resurrection happened. He's there with them, telling them, just like it was, this kind of peace was the same peace that I mentioned that Matthew tells us in, 11 and 20, in his writings in 11 and 29, where Jesus says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's the peace that Jesus said. I'm back. I'm resurrected. I'm your Savior. You can be saved. You can, all you have to do is put your faith in me. Uh, and he was letting them know uh, in those verses that, you know, I have been a disciple. I've done what God's asked me. And now I'm leaving it, you in charge, basically, and all my disciples in charge of spreading the word. He's saying, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. As I concluded last week, or last time I, I taught, I talked about how Jesus in verse 22 uh, used the word uh, breathe on them and uh, said receive the Holy Ghost. What I believe he was saying there is he was introducing to them, helping them understand what uh, the Holy Ghost was really meaning. And so he's, he's preparing them. And Jesus' intent was to spend the next 40 days, as we'll learn in Acts as we get in there, that Jesus was preparing his disciples to, to fully receive the Holy Spirit, the, the holy power that he was about to give them. And I'll talk more about that as we get further into Acts. Also, I don't remember reading verse 23 and talking about that last uh, time. So I want to read verse 23 first, I believe, Jenny, uh, because I did want to, I don't know why, I'm, I believe I missed it. I don't remember talking about verse 23 last time. I do want to briefly touch on it before I move into tonight's lesson, verse 24. Um, but 23, whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. What uh, Jesus is saying there, in my words, is if, if I, if Jesus forgives them of their sins, forgive anyone of the sins, then they are forgiven. But if they do not go through Jesus and they try any other means, they have to go through Jesus to be, to be forgiven. Because if they don't, they are not forgiven. That's what he's saying there in simple terms. Simply saying to us as disciples also there, and he was saying it to his disciples there, that we must lead people, teach people to true forgiveness. Because if Jesus don't forgive them, they're not truly forgiven. There's only one way, and that's through Him. So now let's look at our Bible study tonight, uh, starting in verse 14. And uh, I'll be reading, again, all these verses, because I, I will talk to them briefly, but I, I'm trying to summarize as I work my way through the last uh, of John here. And uh, um, so starting in verse 24, uh, But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Deimos, was not with them when Jesus came. What that means is, when Jesus appeared to them first time in that room, all, 12, all 11 disciples wasn't there. Thomas wasn't there the first time when Jesus, as we just talked about and reviewed, he wasn't there. Is what John is telling us now, that Thomas was not there. And then look at 25. The other disciples, as soon as they did hear about the, uh, Jesus the first time, 
25 says, The other disciples therefore said unto him, so they went to Thomas and talked to him, and we have se- and said, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see the hand, his sands and the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. You ever met anyone like that? That's just so hard for them to believe and understand. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes. But look at verse 26. And after eight days, so about a week later, now, again, his disciples were within, meaning they were in that same room, that same locked room, uh, and Thomas with them this time. Then came Jesus, again, the doors being shut and locked, and stood in their midst. And stood uh, and said, Peace be unto you. And looking at 27, Then saith he to Thomas, this is Jesus talking, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands. And teach hither thy hand, reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side. And this is where I'll spend a few moments tonight. This is the word that caught my heart. And be not faithfulness. So he's saying, stop not believing. It's time for you to start believing. You're, you're continuously not believing, but believe is what Jesus ends there. So look at 28. And this is how we know that now Thomas believes. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God, Thomas believed at that moment. Looking at 29, Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. I want to talk about that uh, a little bit. That's the second uh, point of about three that I'll, I'll talk about tonight. But that's a very important point also when I think about, you know, here Thomas and those disciples see Jesus and see all the facts, see all the things, and they still were struggling to believe. And then I think about us today, uh, you know, there's still a lot of people in this world that don't believe at all, struggling to believe, and then there's us that do believe. But there's times in our life when we may have some doubt. But what uh, Jesus is saying to us, and I'll talk about it, I'm getting ahead of myself again, but uh, that Jesus is telling us there is something very, very important. Even though He personally, the resurrected Christ, is not going to be there, He's saying, I'm still leaving you to facts. I'm still leaving you to evidence. I'm still giving you the word that all this happened. And I've given you all these witnesses, folks. It's still a fact. It's still the truth. It is still who I am. We need to believe and stop believing. It's what he's telling us. And then he ends there, verse 30 and 31. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. 31, but these are written. So John's saying, I wrote these. The ones I wrote about believe that Jesus is the Christ. 
the Son of God, and, the, and that believing ye might have life through his name. We'll continue there uh, with the second part <laughs> in just a minute. Let me open by saying, um, as we're ending the chapter, of uh, all the, uh, the book of John, as we're ending the book of John, I'd like for us to note something, take, take note of something. It caught my heart. As I told you, I went back and I lived. I'm, I'm very interested. I think I mentioned to you when I left, we left before. Go back and read the last chapter of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John. And I think hopefully you, you did that. And you, you'll kind of see some of the things that I want to highlight to you tonight about the ending of each one of them. But as we're ending, John gives us two stories that conclude in his book. The first story shows how Jesus patiently and lovingly brought uh, Doubting Thomas, as we know him, Thomas the disciple, he was known as Doubting Thomas, to believing 100%. The Bible tells us that he believed. Thomas was one of the Lord's disciples that truly accepted Jesus' identity with the confession. Now you're going to say, well, Mike, why do you say that Thomas truly uh, believed? Because I've, uh, when you read all the different Matthew, Mark, and Luke, uh, and John, you'll find that one of the uh, disciples tells us that not every one of the disciples truly believed at that moment. Now they end up believing, but I'll highlight that in just a moment when I read that story. The second story that we will... Uh, read when we get into chapter 21 here tonight. I'm hoping to get through uh, all this tonight. It may take us a little bit longer than normal, but I'm putting a lot more uh, verses into uh, what I wanted to tell you tonight. Uh, when we look at the second story, Jesus again just wonderfully and lovingly shows who he really is, his character, as he d demonstrated uh, Peter as a and, and, and brought Peter on board as a true disciple. He was one of those that truly believed. Peter, remember, was the one that denied Jesus three different times uh, on the night of Jesus' arrest. So when we look at these verses tonight, as I have taught in the book of John, I referred back Matthew to Mark, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And I have some thoughts tonight. They're very brief on each one of them's conclusion. But I really would, would recommend you reading each one of them. But Matthew, for example, concluded in his words about the Lord giving the great commission on the mountain in Galilee. Now remember, Jesus previously had told them when he was still walking with them that he would meet them on this mountain one day on the top of Ga uh, the mountain in Galilee. And on this mountain, Matthew tells us that when they saw Jesus, when they met Jesus, they began to worship. But I want to read something to you. And I don't know if Jenny can get there that quick because I didn't prepare her. But in Matthew's last chapter, 28, verse 17, and there's only 20 verses, Matthew says in verse 17, And when they saw him, they worshiped him but some doubted. But some doubted. That 
made me think of a lot of different things about the world we live in today. I'm sure a lot of things were similar back then. But one thing I want to say about Matthew is his honesty is coming out here. His truth, his credibility, credibility is coming out here. He's letting us know even then with Jesus on that mountain with them, it wasn't perfect. Everything wasn't wonderful. Everything wasn't great that, you know, but one thing that he did know, he knew it was Jesus. He praised and worshiped Jesus. But he's letting us know. You know, I thank, I thank God for Matthew's honesty. But also in his conclusion, he let us know that the wording up there was about the Great Commission, what we call the Great Commission. Go tell the world. Be my disciples. Jesus is still teaching that this is what he wants them to do. Now remember something. Well, that puts it all together for me. When we get into Acts, we're going to learn that all his disciples did get filled with the Holy Spirit because it tells us in that upper room all 120 would fill with the Holy Spirit. Y'all remember that? So that means God did touch them. But at that time, they were still... So you know what that did to me is encouraged me when I'm trying to talk to family members and I'm talk, trying to you know, witness to people and it just seems like sometimes you're not getting through to them or they doubt or they don't believe. It encourages me because these disciples are telling me, Mac, don't worry about it. God's going to take care of it. He got them all and brought them all aboard. You know, just give it to Him. Trust Him like you know, like we're supposed to. So I, I, it just gave me some encouragement, but I do appreciate his honesty and let me know. Don't get discouraged. Don't stop believing. God will take care of it. Um, so that was Matthew's conclusion. And uh, he, he, also tell, he also uses the words, go tell the world. Go tell the world or witness to the world. And then Mark concludes his gospel telling the Lord's, about the Lord's ascension or his, uh, you know, his resurrection. So Mark tells us that. Mark also confirms to us that Jesus was taking up to heaven and he's sitting on the right, right hand of God. And he also talks about the Great Commission for what he was supposed to go do, his disciples were supposed to go do. So he, you know, he was, uh, in fact, the specific word, I think, that, man, uh, that Mark uses was, uh, you know, he taught them to go preach to the world and teach the world. So go, in Mark's word, tell the world about Jesus Christ. So that's the way uh, Mark ended. When you look at Luke, he concluded with uh, recording that the disciples were still focused on the way they had been taught all their life. Now, these are adult men. They've been taught all their life that when Jesus come back, he was going to establish his kingdom here on earth. So they were still, they had answer, uh, questions for Jesus. Jesus did not, in the wording that we read in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, or especially here in Mark, that Jesus answered them there. But I'll show you in the first chapter of Acts where Jesus confirms and, and lets them know exactly what's going to happen uh, along the areas of what uh, they were asking him. But the same thing with Luke. He concluded, tell the world. Go tell the world. Uh, and he also, he ends up by saying, we continued, I like uh, almost in the last verse or the last couple of verses it talks about, and we continue, went back, continue worshiping. 
So he could, they, you know, that was a positive, very positive thing for me in that, you know, he even left saying, Lord, I'm still going to worship. I'm still going to believe. Now let's start the story that I just read to you about Thomas. When Jesus appeared <clears throat> first to the disciples, as the word of John tells us, Thomas was not there. He did come, Jesus did come back and later appear behind those same locked doors. Thomas was not convinced uh, the, uh, when the disciples told him, but Jesus blessed Thomas. He knew what Thomas needed. He gave Thomas the opportunity to believe, just like he does us. There's opportunities that he gives us to believe. The disciples had gathered again, what uh, I'm calling the second time, which was about a week later, behind that same door, and Jesus entered and said, Peace, and showed Thomas the same thing that he did, and he touched Thomas. And you know, I'm, Jesus, the thing I, I, that stood out, all the things, you've, you've heard the story of Thomas many, many times, but one of the things that touched my heart, and I've already said it once, I think I'm, I know I'm going to say it again, but we got to stop not believing that's what he said to Thomas. Very important comment to me. Very, com uh, very important uh, point that I believe, uh, you know, it touched my heart that I want to share with you. We must believe. The evidence is here. The facts are here. The same thing those gentlemen were seeing is for the world to know and understand. All they have to do is read his word. We have freedom to make that decision. He has given us a free will to make that. We must make a choice. Um, Jesus wants us to believe. He wants us to put faith in Him. And this reading His Word can help us understand how we can put our faith in Him. Let me read something that, that uh, stuck in my heart that, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about how's the best way to look at the heart versus faith versus, you know, understanding and these kind of things. Let me read this to you. Faith reflects a condition of the heart to accept evidence. The Word of God. Let me say that again. Faith reflects the condition of my heart, our heart, to accept. Unbelief reflects a condition of your heart to reject the evidence. That's where it reflects back to what Jesus told us earlier about being hard-hearted. That's what happens to people that don't ever believe or don't want to believe. They're hard-hearted. That's why it's very important that we continue to teach, continue to preach, and continue to give the evidence. The evidence is right here. The evidence is right here. The facts of uh, unbelief are right here. Clearly, the Word of God is the, all the evidence we need. And if we read His Word, it will uh, give us an understanding that we need to uh, understand what He's trying to tell us and touch it. You know, I think about it. it, it is absolutely all the witnesses, all the facts, all the things. You know, I think about this Bible. You know, I Googled something to date it. I had made a comment many, many years ago because I knew it back then. And I said, Lord, is the Bible still the number one selling book in the world? Y'all want to hear a fact? 
Well, don't do it now, but when you get home, Google it. The Bible is still the number one selling book in the world. Hallelujah. You know why? Because it stands on truth. It stands on facts. It will convict people. It will touch people. It will bless you. It will lift you up. Other books come and go. Hallelujah. His word will stand for 2,000 years and will continue to stand. People have tried to destroy his book, remove his word. It ain't going to work. God's word is going to stand forever. Hallelujah. 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 We got the facts. We got the evidence, the same thing that Thomas had. Hallelujah, we can have. All we have to do is put our faith. Hallelujah, thank you, dear Jesus. Thank you. Thomas became a believer when he said, my Lord and my Savior. Hallelujah. We had that same opportunity. All those out there that don't know him, all those that we need to go witness to, all those that we know need to go share the facts, share the evidence, share the word of God with, all they have to do is say, my Lord and my God, and accept him and believe in him. Hallelujah. We need to give people that opportunity. That is our responsibility. We're, we're, we, uh, we're commanded to go do it. We gotta share the word. Hallelujah. Thomas said, that touched my heart. Let it touch your heart. My Lord, my God, doubting Thomas believed. And the same evidence that Thomas had is right here in the Word of God. Hallelujah for you and I. Hallelujah. The last two verses of this story, 30 and 31. John is starting to just basically wrap up his, his chapter. He's got one more uh, chapter or wrap up his book when he's starting to say that, you know, uh, in writing his gospel, basically saying that I wrote this book for my readers, but just simply, uh, there is no way, there's no way I can write everything that my Jesus did, said, and helped me to understand. I just can't write enough books, enough words to do it. But what I did do, hallelujah, what I did try to do in my book is to give you what you need to give you what I saw. I'm the witness. What you need, he said, is all you need is to believe. Put your faith in him. And hallelujah, what he said, in doing so, hallelujah, you have an eternal life. In a powerful way to end that. So now, let's move into the next story. I'm doing okay. I, like I said, I'll be a little longer, but I'm wrapping up here uh, as much as I can. I'll get through as far as I can. Uh, Let's, look, let's read now. We're going to read chapter 21, and I'm probably, Jenny, going to go through about uh, probably 14, 12, 13, 14, so we're in there. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And on this wise showed on himself. In other words, in the same way he just appeared. Just all of a sudden he was there. Uh, verse 2. They, there were together Simon Peter, Thomas, called Demas, and Nathaniel of Cana, and, and, uh, in Galilee, and the sons of De Zebedee, 
and two others of his disciples, which if I count correctly, that's seven that was on that boat or on that fishing trip that morning. Verse 3, Simon Peter said unto them, I go fishing. To Peter says he wants to go fishing. They say also, let's go. And they went forth and entered into the ship immediately at that night, and they caught nothing. Very important point there. I'll talk about that here in just a minute. Verse 4, And when the morning was now come, Jesus stood up on the shore, but the, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. So they're looking, and I think it's like 300 feet, 300 yards or something, and they didn't recognize immediately who he was. But then Jesus said unto them, Children, have ye any meat? And they answered him, No. So they had caught no fish all night. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it in for the multitude of fish. The net was so full, they could not even pull it into the boat. And therefore, that, si uh, that uh, disciple whom Jesus loved said unto Peter, so one of the other side said, said to Peter, uh, that uh, Peter heard that it was the Lord. He girt his fisher, fisher's coat upon him, put it on him, for he's naked, and he did cast himself in the sea. So he wrapped himself, jumped immediately in the sea, started heading towards shore. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from land, but as it were 200 cubits, 300 feet, dragging the net with fishes. As soon then as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid there on and bread. Verse 10, Jesus said unto them, Bring of the fish which ye have now caught. Simon Peter went up and drew up the net to land full of great fishes, a hundred and fifty and three, and all that the all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. The net was not broken. Very powerful point. I bet I've read this I don't know how many times, and I never thought about the net being broken, but I have something I want to share about the net being broken tonight. And then, uh, not broken. And 12, Jesus said, Come and dine. And none of the disciples durst asked him. They didn't need to ask him didn't dare to ask him, Who art thou? They knew who it was. He just filled their net, knowing that it was the Lord. Jesus then coming and taking the bread and giving them, them and fish likewise. And then the last verse for tonight. This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples. And after that, he was risen from the dead. So as I said a little earlier, I believe there's a specific reason that John is concluding his chapters compared to the other three uh, with two stories, two very convincing stories of who Jesus Christ really is. There were seven of the men on that boat, and I think about they fished all night long, worked all night long. And what it reminded of me of is the many times and the many churches out there and even this includes myself, 
that I worked hard and long hours doing what I thought was right for the God, doing it many hours and many hours of planning and many things. But you know what? I forgot to include Jesus. You know what? The net was empty. It did not come out to be the way we planned it because we didn't always include Jesus. It made me think about, you know, as soon as Jesus showed up, as soon as Jesus told them what to do, it was, uh, they filled up the net. I think about how we can work hard and we can work smart, but we can't accomplish what we need to accomplish if we don't include Jesus in everything we do. We have to new, uh, include Him in everything we do. In fact, we have to let Him lead us and guide us because we won't lead us in the right direction. That's what it made me think about. How, and you know, by trade, Peter was a fisherman. He was an expert. He was skilled. You know, I'm skilled at things. I have talents at things. But without Jesus, I won't be successful is what that lesson taught me. Hallelujah. You know, hallelujah. Trying to do it on His own, you, you know, you're just not going to get there without Jesus. We have to do it. And by the way, we have to do it for His glory. We can't be doing it for ourselves. And then when I looked at verse 4 through 6, as soon as Jesus told them what to do, uh, Peter realized who it was. Another moment that touched my heart is when uh, Jesus realized, hallelujah, hallelujah, when he realized it was Jesus. When you realize Jesus is the one, when you realize Jesus is the Savior, when you realize your sins have been forgiven, you jump in that water. You won't think about the value of them fish. You won't think about selling them fish and making money. You're thinking about getting close to Jesus, and that's what Peter did. Hallelujah! That touched my heart. He didn't even think about that net of fish. He wanted to go be with Jesus. All of a sudden, the value, the huge value possibly of that fish didn't mean nothing to Peter. It was all about Jesus. Jesus, he knew, was much more valuable and the most important thing, and that's where he went. He jumped in and went immediately. All the money in the world, and, it, and, and Peter uh, still, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. This is how I think people today feel. We must also let Jesus get in our hearts, so much in our heart that we let him guide us and lead us and not let the things of this world concern us and wor worry us and get us off the path of what he wants to do, which is his mission, and that is to go reach the lost. And then as I uh, uh, look at verses 8 through 11, uh, this is telling us now that Jesus has a fire burning on the shore, and he invites them when they get to shore to come on board with them. What that says to me, <laughs> y'all, you may laugh at me because I don't think I've ever heard a preacher preach this way about this message. I've heard this message said many ways and, and all of it true and all of it accurate and all of it wonderful. But when I think about him sitting on that shore about to uh, uh, sit down and have supper with them, uh, well, actually breakfast with them and, and, and eat with them, I think about... <clears throat> You know, Jesus is saying, you, uh, you worked all night, you got nothing. This morning, you know, I blessed you and filled you full. So uh, now, I want to celebrate. Let's sit down and eat. Let's celebrate, and let's also celebrate our success. Celebrate what you did. 
So I thought about we sometimes as Christians, you know, we should sit back sometimes and when we see what God's done and kind of reminisce on that and talk about that and how God has blessed us. And we should celebrate that. And when I say celebrate, I know we eat enough around here, but maybe we find some other way to celebrate. I think there's ways to celebrate and bless God and rejoicing and praising Him. We should do that. And you know, when we look around us and see the successes, and I know right now in my heart, in my spirit, I'm believing in the vision. I'm believing in what God's going to do this year. And during the year, we should stop a moment, sit back and think about, thank you, Jesus. Let's, let's, let's sit down and relax and enjoy what God has done. Let's celebrate what God has done. We need to do that more, people. God loves us for it, I believe. You know what? I'll, I'll start to conclude now. And then another point that touched my heart about the, their success and what happened was the net was not damaged. The net was not damaged. And, you know, Peter, uh, the way it's described, or John tells us, the net was so full they could barely get it in. When Jesus fills the net, hallelujah, hallelujah, when Jesus fills the net, when Jesus fills up the church, when He blesses a ministry, when He touches a ministry, as we say today, there is no dead bodies. There is no damage. There is no hurt feelings. There is nobody mad about it. It's about Jesus. Now, do I believe there's going to be somebody that uh, is a naysayer? Yes, I believe that. What I'm talking about, who I'm talking about, that is not hurt, is those that trust the Lord, those that have faith in God, those that love God, knows what that success is and who give them that success, which is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! And we need to celebrate. There's not damage in the hearts of Christians that love God. None. It's all positive when, when Jesus does it. And then the last two verses, 12 and 14. I think about that honor that privilege. And I think Pastor, I believe Pastor touched on this a little bit. What a blessing it is to be a Christian. It is a wonderful blessing, an opportunity. It's a privilege, quite honestly, to love God and let Him love us. And there's a lot that we need to be doing. So, you know, I think about them sitting there and dining with Jesus. We need to take more time to spend with Jesus and to be with Jesus on that beach or that shore. We just need to relax a little bit and spend time with Him. What a blessing that is. And He'll bless us for it, I believe. To be in the kingdom of God in itself is a wonderful, wonderful blessing. I, I won't quite finish the story tonight. In fact, I think I'll stop there. And... Uh, what we'll learn in the last part of John, the second, the second story, as I mentioned earlier, completes what Jesus is teaching and uh, doing and developing Peter into the disciple that he wants to be. I think about over the years when I first became a Christian to who I am to now and to where I want to go and where God wants me to go. I developed a lot from the beginning to now. And I've got a lot more developing and learning to do. So I think about the way he taught and trained Peter. 
Uh, and we'll uh, go ahead and read the rest of the verses and you'll understand what I'm meaning there. Uh, he has work for us all to do, and that is to feed his sheep. And he needs to get us to a certain level. Sometimes we have to be popped on the hand or jolted sometime to remember what he wants us to do. Peter had to be done the same thing. You know, Peter, Peter asked, uh, denied him three times, and Jesus asked uh, him, do you love me, three times. Read, the, read it, and we'll conclude next week. The book of Acts. I told you as I ended, I would give you some information. It is the name of the book is Acts. Acts. It is by Dr. Stanley M. Horton. Stanley M. Horton. If you need my help to get it, because I found it on Amazon for six bucks. It's a used book. Somebody's got some writing in there and stuff like that and underlining and highlighting, but that's okay. For $6, it's called Acts, and it's by Dr. Stanley M. Horton. It will bless your heart to, to read it. It takes, well, actually, uh, there's a lot about uh, the book of Acts itself in the prelude in the beginning of it, and then it takes verse by verse by verse. And the great thing about it, Dr. Horton was a Pentecostal uh, believer, and uh, it was written by a Pentecostal, and that makes it even more powerful. Would you stand with me tonight? Thank you for being here. Thank you for being a part of this Bible study tonight. Uh, you know, make it a goal. Make it a point to reach someone, to touch someone by praying for them or calling them or encouraging them in some way this week. Encourage them. You know, something that touched my heart, I'll share with you. We, we do uh, do some wonderful things and have always done some wonderful things for outreach. Uh, Sunday, you know, we introduced a new Connect card and um, there was a young lady and her daughter here for the very first time and she filled out that Connect card. This touched my heart dearly. You know, for all of you that worked so hard at the Halloween, hallelujah, she called it a Halloween, but she put on that Connect card uh, in the little section where it asked, how did you hear about a church or who invited you to church? And she wrote on there, someone at the Halloween carnival invited me to this church. Thank God. Thank God. You know, I thank God somebody Listen, even back then before he preached it, but somebody knew to ask, uh, you know, to say to someone, and by the way, she didn't know who it was because she put on there, uh, you know, that somebody asked her to come. So somebody, we as Christians, so, whoever did that, thank you. God bless you. That is what we ought to be doing at those kind of events because as we know, and that was a rainy bad day, but somebody still on their heart, still had on their heart, to invite somebody to church. And she wrote on that card, and I am just praying with everything in me. We're going, me and Laurie's going to send her a card this week, and I'm going to try to get hold. I got her address. It was on the card. So I'm going to send her a card and tell her, and hopefully she'll uh, be here again. So uh, thank you, whoever that was. And, I, you know, it could be a lot, any one of you, because I would think uh, many of us asked people that night to come. So it could be one of, any one of us. Thank you. God bless you. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your many, many blessings, Lord. Thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you for your disciples. The Palmer Pentecostal Church Incorporated, copyright 2023.